Welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, July 3rd, 2018. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, tomorrow is the 4th of July. Um, we're not really sure what we're going to do with the 4th of July, so there may be an episode tomorrow. If anything big breaks today, we will definitely bring it to you tomorrow. There may not be one tomorrow. There may not be one on Thursday. We're not exactly sure how we're going to observe the holiday, but considering most of Broadway, at least the non-performers on Broadway, are pretty much taking this entire week off, we don't know how much is going to be out there, but we're going to play it by ear. So just kind of keep your eyes on the feed. There will probably be something in its place if we don't have an episode of Today on Broadway, but we're just going to kind of go with the flow depending on what kind of news comes out over the next 24 to 48 hours. Sure. I mean, if somebody on the Broadway Supreme Court resigns, we'll do one. But other than that, <laughs> different kind of breaking uh, uh, news podcast. But yeah, if there's who, who would be on the Broadway Supreme Court? Mm, well, uh, I would think that it has to be, well, somebody from the Schuberts, somebody from Needlelanders, Drew Jamsons, I guess, uh, Somebody over at Disney and uh, mm, see yeah. what I I don't know. See, I I would disagree because I would think they would be the ones to nominate people to the Supreme Court because they're way too important to be on the Supreme Court. They're like the, oh, they're, they're like the, the shadow government. They're yes, the sh- shadow they're, government of Broadway. Yeah, they're B six thirteen for all of those uh, scandal fans. <laughs> uh, B thirteen. Is it B13? No, B613. B613, okay. Yeah. All right. Shana Taub joins the writing team for the Double Wiz Prada musical. Yes, yesterday producer Kevin McCollum announced that multi-talented writer and performer Shana Taub has joined the creative team for the musical adaptation uh, of first the book and then the movie The Devil Wears Prada. Taub will be providing the lyrics to Sir Elton John's songs while Paul Rudnick will write the book. After the announcement was made, Taub tweeted out a picture of herself and Elton working at the piano. Elton's in a very fancy Adidas jumpsuit, I believe. So, you know, whatever. Um, so, But it does seem like this partnership is already well on its way. It's not like they just, like, picked her and made it official today and they announced it. It looks like they've been hard at work together on songs for a while. As a performer, uh, Taub was in the original off-Broadway productions of Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812, along with Hadestown. She also wrote the score and co-starred in the Bill Irwin, David Schreiner show Old Hats. Her musical adaptation of Twelfth Night was the public works show last year for for the public theater and will now be presented at the Delacorte proper this summer. No timeline or additional creative team members were made public at this time for The Devil Wears Prada, but Elton John apparently goes on tour this fall, so I would imagine that they will be hard at work uh, as much as possible between now and then, depending on everybody's schedules, so that while he's out on the road, um, you know, they can have the show in a fairly good spot. Now, James, my sole hope for this show, obviously I want it to be good, I want, you know, everything, blah, 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 but my really main hope for this show is that whomever ends up playing Miranda Priestley is nominated for a Tony. And then Anna Wintour decides to dress said actress and do a feature on her and her character in Vogue. That could be the most meta awkward thing in the history of history, actually, I think. Because Anna Wintour scares me and having her talk to the person who is effectively playing her could be even scarier. (laughs) It's like you're at the corner of first and first. Yes, absolutely. There's actually a corner of uh, 535 and 535. That's where the uh, I go to a Walmart there here. It's very confusing. 
Hmm. I figured out while you were talking who the Supreme Court, uh, the Chief Justice of the Supreme oh, Court. Okay, Broadway the important is. stuff. Yes, the important yes. stuff. Go for it. Who? Mark Sendroff. Um, I don't know who that is, but okay. Oh, you don't know. Oh, you don't know who Mark is. Mark. Mark is a theatrical lawyer. He's a very big. Ah. You know, uh, you, you dig into many theatrical uh, contracts, and eventually you hit Mark's name. Okay, so now we just need what eight others. Yeah, did you know that? You know, this, the nine people on the Supreme Court is just a random number. It's not dictated anywhere. Correct. I did know that because it used to be less, and they've just added more uh, over the years. It's not constitutionally required. Yeah. And Teddy Roosevelt tried to add like 30 justices to pack the court with people. Tried to. He wasn't allowed to. Yeah. Oh, well. All right. It's, you know, it's, uh, somebody's going to yell, sit down, John. So let's move on to the <laughs> let's sit down, move, James. <laughs> let's move on to last week's Broadway grosses. All right, this is another one of those odd weeks, James, where it looks like Broadway as a whole had a fairly big decline, mm-hmm. but really, when you dig a little deeper, it it mostly stayed even. I mean, there was still a little bit of a decline, but not as big as you would think because. Bruce Springsteen only did four shows last week, so his grosses dropped over $482,000, so that's a big hit. So between that, canceled performances of straight white men, and the shuffling of shows um, going from three performances to eight performances following the closing of Three Tall Women, which was grossing over a million dollars, and it left, it wasn't as bad as you might think because basically Three Tall Women was replaced with Head Over Heels, which... We're going to get to that. Not exactly an even trade when it comes to box office receipts. But in all, Broadway declined a little over $2 million, but obviously would have been a few hundred thousand uh, if, uh, you know, a few hundred thousand if, you know, all of those things were equal, um, those extenuating circumstances. But in total, Broadway grossed $38,126,489. Hamilton, of course, was the king of the mountain at $3,119,095, followed by The Lion King, Harry Potter, and Frozen, all above $2 million then wicked springsteen in just four shows in just four shows bruce springsteen did one or one million nine hundred twenty nine thousand dollars he almost broke two million on four shows that's absurd anyway so um then wicked springsteen dear Evan hansen mean girls aladdin my fair lady come from away angels in america phantom the book of mormon the band's visit and the boys in the band all above one million Taking a look at some of the other shows from this past season, getting into their first summer on Broadway, no pun intended, summer was just about 50K under seven figures. SpongeBob dipped 83,000 to get it below seven figures, but it still did 937,000. Carousel had the largest decline of the week of almost 195K to come in at 913,000. Also, once on this island, it dropped over 91,000 to come in at $596,000. The Iceman Cometh finished its run with a frame of $911,000 and Escape to Margaritaville closed with $656,921 last week. Head Over Heels, as I mentioned before, played its first full week of shows, and it had a pretty rough $348,000 haul. Also, Straight White Men had just three shows last week. Of course, they canceled a few um, of their previews following the exit of the actually the first person announced for the cast, Tom Skerritt. Um, and it grossed just $128,458. Low, but considering it's um, a subscription house, that's that's pretty much what we normally see in these early previews uh, for these types of shows. So, James, there's 
you know, obviously a lot of red numbers this week. Not what I think a lot of the shows, especially the family friendly ones, were hoping for at this point. But between the heat, the holiday this week, I'm guessing things won't necessarily get much better next week. Um, when you guys are breaking triple digits in the, the temperatures, I imagine a lot of people try to do things other than walk around Times Square. So the folks that walk around Times Square, I'm not necessarily thinking that they're going to have uh, tickets, but how many shows does Springsteen have next week, I guess, really plays into the projection for next yes, week. Uh, absolutely. We don't, don't really, I don't really know off the top of my head, but, uh, you know, a million nine in four shows, I guess it's all those uh, Trump voters buying Springsteen tickets to protest at, at, at Springsteen on Broadway. Yeah. Also, I uh, saw on a press release today that Once in This Island is selling tickets through 2019, which is interesting. Look, that's that, I, yeah. I had that in the show originally. Anybody can say that, can say whatever they want. And I, we look, we love the show. I, we hope it does really, really well. But that's nothing more than trying to get people to pay for tickets in advance, opening up the amount of, yeah. you know, advanced tickets you can have. I don't think that that has any reflection on its long-term prognosis. I don't think that'll change anything. I hope that it continues to do well and gets better, but you know, grossing under $600,000 during the summer is not ideal. It, it was still at 75% of its gross potential. So it's not doing nearly as bad as just that gross number would indicate as if it was in a, a different theater other than circle and a square. But um, that means nothing. And you know what else also means nothing, James? We, this morning or yesterday morning, we also got a press release that Mean Girls broke the uh, the August Wilson box office record for the third straight week. It means nothing because ticket prices are continuing to go up. It's not like they're figuring out a way to get more people in. It means you're charging people more. So, again, like extending the period uh, you know, of selling tickets by 14 months, neither of those press releases mean a damn thing. Do you have the grosses in front of you right now? I do, yes. You do? Uh, what was the average ticket price for Springsteen versus the average ticket price versus Hamilton? Um, Springsteen, the average ticket price was $508.70. The average ticket price for Hamilton was $289.99. So basically $290 versus $508. Wow. Both, so both, both things I would never pay for anything. So if uh, Springsteen theoretically did Nate Show Week, he could, in essence, <laughs> take take the uh, top mantle for that week. Hmm. Oh, I think he could add. He could do six shows and take the top mantle. There are three thousand seven hundred ninety-two seats available. Let me do some quick math here. Times eight. Times five hundred eight. According to my math, he could gross out. That was terrible because that's not accurate. Hold yeah, on. no, no. You, you you took the weekly number of seats. Just take the Yeah, I divided it by four times eight equals times 508. There we go. Got it right this time. $3,852,672. So that's what he could gross if nothing else changed, which I don't know that it would. Um, and he did eight shows, so he could be getting close to, and I didn't include the 70 cents per ticket, so it would actually yeah. be more, but basically $3.9 million for a week. Not bad. All right. Enough of nerd math. Let's get on to the recommendation section. 
All right. This is something that I've seen now uh, sent around multiple times in the past few hours on the, uh, the, the theater Twitter. And if I have no idea where it comes from, I don't know who this person is, but it is from someone named Anja Reese. She is at Lil Dole Whip, L-I-L-D-O-L-E-W-H-I-P. And this is a Twitter thread. That uh, started last week, last Thursday, last Friday, I believe, the 28th of June. And it is John Mulaney as musicals. And it's just pictures of John Mulaney from different comedy specials. And it has like quotes from the comedy specials. And this person um, is uh, saying what musical um, uh, uh, it is. There's a picture of him from Saturday Night Live that says, in personal news, let's talk about my dad. That's a chorus line. Um, then um, let's scroll things through. Because I'd been in relationships where I got cheated on, like long ones, the last five years. Um, there have been about eight cows total, seven unmilked, and that's into the woods. What would Leonard Bernstein do? West Side Story. It's very funny. Um, a lot of very – I mean, there's a lot of these. So um, – you know, check it out. It's funny seeing a lot of people retweet this. Um, this person has uh, like less than 400 Twitter followers, so I'm not sure how this got around so much, but it's uh, uh, definitely good stuff. I think that she is uh, getting around because Alan Henry follows her and she follows Alan Henry. Yeah, I think that was recent because uh, she just retweeted uh, something. <laughs> from Alan, but, yeah. All right. What's up in other news? All right. So we had a couple big stories that came out yesterday. So let's get to those before we head out. First, on Monday, Lincoln Center Theater announced that beginning this weekend, like in six days, Kirsten Anderson would be playing the role of Eliza Doolittle in My Fair Lady on Sundays, giving Lauren Ambrose an extra day off, shortening her week to seven performances. Now, Anderson is no stranger to leading Golden Age musicals as she played Maria Von Trapp uh, in Jack O'Brien's recent tour of The Sound of Music. Now, James, um, I personally believe that Anderson is infinitely more talented and qualified to play Eliza than Ambrose is, but I understand that's up for debate. But... I'm a little surprised that Lincoln Center is making this announcement so close to the date of the change, leading me to think that this was a fairly last minute decision. You know, Broadway radio is very firmly team understudy and standby and alternate. So this has nothing to do with Anderson. But this is a different situation than somebody calling out and you getting an understudy. If I'm a ticket a ticket buyer in the heart of the summer tourist season who expected to see the Tony nominated star of a show. And then six days before I had tickets, they said, just kidding, she's not doing those shows anymore. I think I'd be a little bit annoyed. There's always a chance when it comes to, you know, who's going to be in when you see a live performance. But for this, LCT is completely taking away that chance with almost little notice for patrons. So um, this feels a little awkward. To me, this feels much different than just an understudy going on or Ambrose getting sick um, or losing her voice. This feels... Um, like this was handled improperly to me. What do you think? <sighs> well, you know whose name is above the title in My Fair Lady? Uh, 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 Lerner and Lowe? No, Lerner and Lowe. You're yeah. right. That's it. Her name is not above the title. So uh, I, I know what you're saying. I totally agree. And I know what you're saying. But I don't think the ticket 
the ticket holders really have any leg to stand on. Well, no, I didn't mean that they would get a refund. It just feels no. like yeah. you're trying to do oh, your, yeah. you know, Lincoln Center always tries to do right by the ticket buyers. But it just seems like this. See, it feels like this was a last minute decision because of how late they made the announcement. Maybe not. Maybe they've been planning on this for a long time and they didn't want to tip people off. So they stopped buying tickets for Sundays. But it just feels weird to me. But anyway. In other news, as we've discussed before, current Cynthia Wilde, Jessica Keenan Wynn, will be exiting the Broadway production of Beautiful this week. And as when she left the show to film Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, she will be replaced by former Newsies lead Kara Lindsay, who will take over the role a week from today. So here's my new conspiracy theory, James, with Melissa Benoist as Carol King and Kara Lindsay coming back as Cynthia Wilde. I'm just throwing this out there. Maybe producers want to cast Laura Osnes, let her flex her acting muscles and play a gender bent Jerry Goffin. Mm. And then instead of going into waitress, as I theorized yesterday, maybe Jeremy Jordan uh, could play Barry Mann and then reunite with all of his major leading ladies. What do you think? I think that you have a wall in the back of your house with <laughs> strings and pictures. Yes. I, I bet they got, you got Supergirl. You have uh, Newsies. You'd have Bonnie and Clyde. Just throw them all in there with Jeremy Jordan. And Jeremy Jordan would probably play a fantastic Barry Man, by the way. Um, and, you know, it could be worse. I think people would buy tickets for that. Hmm. No? Maybe not? All right. <laughs> All right. So uh, a couple other things real quick. Yesterday, Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS announced that the 32nd annual Broadway flea market and grand auction will be held on September 23rd this year. So get ready for that. And on Monday, both the Broadway League and the Society of London Theaters announced that they would dim their lights in memory of Gillian Lynn. Broadway bestowed that honor last night. Didn't really get the lead up that we normally get with that. But I guess that, um, you know, is commensurate with uh, what a big legend uh, Gillian Lynn was in the community. So uh, I know some people went out and observed uh, the the one minute of theater darkening at 645. I think it was last night. So uh, um, a little odd that they did it on a Monday night, but whatever. Uh, anyway, if you would like uh, more information on any or all of these stories, please check out the show notes at broadwayradio.com. All right, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? All right, thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. Matt, are you a lover of licorice? Red licorice, yes. Mm, yeah, nobody likes the black licorice. No. My name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thank you for spending some of your Tuesday with us. If we don't talk to you tomorrow, happy 4th of July for those of you in the United States. Uh, for those of you up in Canada, get ready. We're all coming up to live with you. And uh, Matt and I will be back and talk with you later on this week. <laughs>